Hello, this is Michael Stone, the host of Conversations. We're committed to bringing you leading-edge thinkers in the areas of environmental restoration, social justice, and spiritual fulfillment. On our program, we look for positive solutions to local and global issues that leave you touched, moved, and inspired to action. Our weekly guests include local and global experts and concerned citizens working together to heal the wounds that separate, alienate, and marginalize people. Welcome to Conversations. This is your host, Michael Stone, and I am so happy to have my friend Sandra Ingerman back on today. She is an award-winning author of 12 books, including Shamanic Journeying, Medicine for the Earth, Walking in Light, and The Book of Ceremony. And she is a world-renowned teacher of shamanism and has been teaching for more than 30 years. I think it might be getting closer to 40 years. Sandra is recognized for bridging ancient cross-cultural healing methods into our modern culture, addressing the needs of our time. Sandy, welcome to Conversations. It's great to be with you, Michael. Thank you. Always lovely to be together. And you have a new course coming up on journeying. And I thought today would be a great day to just really take apart this thing called journeying and really get the nuts and the bolts of where did it come from? Why is it important? And what can people get from it? Absolutely. Um, It's really important to understand that shamanism dates back over 100,000. And one of the controversies that we hear about today is who should be practicing shamanism? Who has the right to be practicing shamanism? But we all have ancestors who practice shamanism. It was a universal practice. And the word shaman itself comes from the Tungus tribe in Siberia, It means healer, one who sees in the dark. And shamans are are people, men and women, who went through deep initiation practices or it was passed down through their family, and they perform ceremonies. One of the ceremonies that they perform is what is called a shamanic journeying. And in the ethnographic literature, the definition of a person who performs a shamanic journey is one who goes into an altered state of consciousness, leaves their humanness. We misunderstand in our culture that to be leave our body behind, and that's not true. We don't leave our body behind. We leave our humanness and our ego and our personality behind, and we create this amazing relationship with what we call helping compassionate spirits in the unseen realms. And so here we live in ordinary reality, the world of senses, of tastes and smells and beautiful sounds and images. And it's our school. We go through our lessons, our traumas, our joys. 
But when we leave the ordinary reality, we enter into the beauty of the transcendent realms. The middle world is beautiful too. And we came here as spirits to experience the beauty. This world reality is multidimensional. And we have the opportunity to step out of our ordinary lives and to travel into another dimension of reality that's outside of time that we call transcendent realities, where there's this wealth of helping, compassionate spirits who are looking down on us from a completely different perspective that we can't see. They try to guide us. They try to show us how to step into our greatest potential. They flood us with unconditional love to heal some of the wounds that we've developed through living life on planet Earth. They bring healing to us. They bring healing to our clients, to our friends, to our family, and most importantly right now to the world. And so the shamanic journey is a way, it's a ceremony that takes us out of our personality and ego and allows us to experience an expansive reality that is beyond our imagination. And those helping compassionate spirits are also earth, air, water, and fire. The sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies, these are helping spirits too who come in to help us learn how to live on the earth in balance and harmony and how to heal the climatic changes and all the environmental issues that are going on right now. So it's such a multi-layered practice. It sounds so simple. There are so many layers to the practice because we go into so many different dimensions of reality. Talk about just the basics of starting a journeying process. What does that look like if I'm brand new to shamanism and I want to learn how to journey and really produce results in my life? One of the things I'm realizing is that in today's world, people don't understand how to start a journey or prepare for a journey. And that's the biggest downfall. That is the biggest challenge that we're dealing with right now with shamanic journeying. Shamans prepared, they fasted, they danced, they sang for days. They, they didn't just come home from a day of work and close down their computer and pick up their drum and start journeying. You can't make that transition. And I realize we don't live in shamanic communities anymore and fasting for days and dancing and singing for three hours or days doesn't fit into the norm of our life in the year 2020. And so we still have to learn how to approach shamanism in an honorable and respectful way. And that's being lost right now. And so the first step is to prepare, to cleanse yourself, cleanse yourself of all your thoughts, cleanse yourself of your emails, Cleanse yourself of your burdens. Cleanse yourself of all the things you have to do. You have to unburden yourself first. Very first step. And then you have to set an intention. 
Journeying is all around intention. What do you want? Do you want to meet a helping spirit? Uh, do you want healing? Would you like to send help to some of the challenged places on the planet right now? To Would you like to honor the beings, all the nature beings that are dying right now? What is your intention? So setting an intention is also very, very important after you do your preparation work. And then it's learning how now that you've set aside your ego and you've set your intention, now it's time to alter your brain waves from your ordinary thinking into a deeper place that actually brings you to your heart. Because shamans see through their hearts. They see through their third eye. They don't see through their ordinary eyes, but shamans see through their hearts. That's one of the definitions of a shaman. And so we drop into our heart. We use some kind of music, some kind of percussion, rattles, sticks, bells, bowls, drums are very common to use around the world. Of course, some shamans use plant spirits or use a combination of but something to shift our brain waves so that we drop into our heart and it's our heart that allows us to step into the unseen realms. You can't do it with your ordinary eyes and that's a place that people are getting stuck to. They're trying to use their ordinary eyes to watch a movie and there are, there are no movies in shamanism. And so... Once you get into the right place and you set your intention and you start to work with shamanic music to change your brain waves and to move into a heart space, that creates a pathway out of our ordinary life, out of our mental thinking life, and allows us to open up to the transcendent realms. And then <clears throat> one of the magic of shamanism is seeing that all over the world for tens of thousands of years, shamans have been journeying to these three different worlds, what we call the lower world, the middle world, and the upper world. They're all filled with amazing beauty and ancestral spirits, nature beings that are spirits, the elements that I shared, which are helping spirits, the fairies, the Davic realms, and we start to present our issues to them. And we ask for guidance and we ask for help. But one of the first things that we have to do is to build up a relationship with them, which people often on their first journey, they just immediately go and ask for help without saying, hello, my name is Sandra. May I step into your field of energy? You carry an amazing power. May I learn about that power? And that's the first step. And then once you start to build a personal relationship with these beings, then you can start asking for advice you can start asking questions and you can start asking healing or healing help. So much in what you say. So I really appreciate your wanting to break this down for people because there's so much misinformation and misunderstanding, I think. 
I want to go back to the very first thing you said, and that's cleansing ourselves. Because what does that mean? I mean, when I think of that for me personally, it's that I put away everything. I, I have a beautiful space because beauty is part of that for me. And I look at what I have to do, and I'm clear that I'm not going to do that now. That's a big part is to get in that mindset before we ever set the intention. It's really a mindfulness kind of thing or getting into what I would call a meditative space. So can you expand on that aspect of it first? Yeah, for me, it's, it's creating sacred space is important. There's no doubt creating sacred space is important. Lighting a candle, just lighting a candle, that's what I used to do when I first started out. I used to light sacred herbs, and then I started getting a reaction to some of the herbs. So I had to either find other herbs or not use herbs at all. There are other ways to cleanse ourselves. So I go into my heart and I ask my heart, do I really need to be thinking about what I'm cooking for dinner right now? Can I, can I just let that go for 10, 15 minutes? Can I just let that go? And, you know, this is kind of a cliche way of working. Can I actually see myself having a box next to me, an imaginary box, where I empty my mind of my emails and, and what I'm thinking about and what I'm mad about and all of that and putting it in the box and stepping away and stepping into more of a spiritual state of consciousness. So having a sacred space to work is important, but that's not always possible. I've been known to journey in airports with a bottle of Advil as a rattle. You know, so it's not always where you are. It's are you willing to let go of your ego? And so I work with imaginary ways of doing that. I see this beautiful box and I put... I put all my thoughts in the box and I see myself walking away from that box into my spirit self, into my divine self. And we all have to find ways to do that. How, how, how can we unburden ourselves, let go of all the, the daily concerns that we have so that we can actually hear or feel or embody the spirits, because we're actually in shamanism, it's called being a hollow bone or an empty reed. I like to call it being a vessel for the spirits, where I actually empty myself so that my spirits can come into my body in a gentle, in a very kind way, and start to move me into this unseen reality where there's beauty beyond anything, beyond anything, and love beyond anything that I can imagine. It's a similar, if you can really let go, I've had three near-death experiences in my life where I experienced that unconditional love. You don't have to have a near-death experience to experience that unconditional love, but you have to let go of your daily thoughts and be a vessel for these 
beautiful if you want to use the word guardian angels, if that fits for you, to come in and flood you with love and to flood you with light and to help you start to almost like something pulls you, draws you into an invisible world where you just get to experience a a completely different dimension of life. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you. So we've, we cleared the space. Now we set an intention. Now, one of the things I've heard you say that I think is really important to expand on that is that it should be clear and succinct and not a lot of words. It needs to be very clear, right? So then there's the next part. I set a clear intention. It's focused. But then dropping into my heart, there's another place, particularly since we live in a world where most people are either partially or wholly disembodied, which is an important aspect you mentioned earlier. So we go from intention clarity to going from the head to the heart. But if you're not in your body, that's a difficult concept. And also the importance of you mentioned taking your body with you, but also opening all your senses. Can you expand on that aspect? Yeah, and that's, um, that, that, that is something that you have to learn how to do over time. So I will speak to this, but we're not looking for it, it to happen automatically. Shamanism is a lifelong practice. We grow into the practice throughout our life. And so what's, to me, I'm going to give the greatest example right now. The fires in the Amazon, the fires in Australia, seeing the burnt feet of the koala bears, seeing pictures of wombats who, have, who burrow underground, actually coming out and herding animals into their burrows to bring them to safety while nothing's being done by the government. So the animals are doing this. If this doesn't bring you to a place of love, then then you're not ready for shamanic journey. I'm sorry. I just have to say that. Did you see the the picture uh, in the rain of the two kangaroos standing on their tail, like giving each other a high five? Was that amazing? Oh my God. I mean, how can that not bring you to a place of heart? So it's tragic what's happening, but the blessing that's happening is we're being forced into our hearts right now. If you have any consciousness at all, you have to feel something in your heart. I don't care how much trauma you've had in your life. You must feel something in your heart right now. So you start to imagine those things. You start to imagine those things, and it immediately brings you into your heart. And for a lot of us, that brings us to a place of sadness and to a place of grief. But grief, the positive side of grief, is grief blows our heart open and expands it even more. So you have even a greater ability through grief to enter into the spirit realm. So what do you love? What do you love? Even if your life has been so filled with trauma, you can't think of anything. Do you love ice cream? 
everybody who's had trauma loves ice cream. <laughs> Think about your favorite flavor of ice cream, and it will bring you to your heart. I'm just trying to explain to people we all have the ability to drop into our heart, no matter how disembodied we are right now. We all have the ability to do it. What do you love? And start to go from there. And then where you have to grow into the practice, this is a gr growing practice, uh, where you have to grow into the practice is to start to see through your third eye instead of your eyes, to actually experience your heart seeing and moving through the world. This takes practice. We have an expression in our culture, I feel it in my bones. That is called clairsentience, um, where you get feelings in your body. And so to me, clairsentience is the most powerful sense that we have. We give a lot of attention in our world to what we call clairvoyance, Everybody wants to see. I, I don't see. So I can see you. I, I can see the world. But in journeys, I don't see that well. It's not my, it's not my most powerful sense. But I've, it's been 40 years of journeying. So, yeah, I can see some. I've been growing in, into that sense. And then uh, I remember a shaman in Siberia saying, open your invisible ears, open your invisible ears. And so we have in this world, in our body, we have senses of sight, sound, feeling, taste, smell. But in not ordinary reality, we have invisible sight, sense, hearing, smelling, tasting. It, it comes from a different place, but we have to grow into that. And I think we put too many expectations on ourselves where we were going, ah, I, I can't do it. I did one journey, I can't do it. But we have to learn how to open up those parts of ourselves and it's, it's learning how to tap into your intuitive knowing, how to hear be beyond the words, how to smell in a different way, how to feel in a different way. And that's just something that we grow into. And it doesn't take time to grow into that. It takes the willingness to learn a new way of being and not saying, it's not fitting into my ordinary way of knowledge, and so I can't do it. We actually have to open up more of our imagination to be able to do it. And so we have to learn how to do that. And so one of the exercises that I give people is, can you close your eyes and see the color blue? Can you close your eyes and see the color blue? Can you close your eyes and hear a song coming from you instead of your device? Can you close your eyes and feel an intuitive knowing something in your bones that someone said something to you and you know it's not true or you know it's true? You feel it in your bones. And so over time, those senses start to strengthen. And all of a sudden, you learn how to open all those senses. 
and to experience a whole different way of understanding how the spirits are communicating to you. And I know that, Michael, one of your focuses in teaching is stay in your body. Don't leave your body. We have a body. And so when you go into a shamanic culture, what you see always in a shamanic culture is shamans singing their journeys and dancing their journeys. They're not silent. They're not sitting. They're not lying down. They're moving. They're, they're actually using their body. They're using their voice to actually as a doorway into the non-ordinary realms. Mm-hmm. So these are, um, it, it, it could sound overwhelming to people who are going, I've never done anything like this before. If you work with intention and with heart, you have no idea how quickly this actually comes, mm. how quickly you grow into it. Because as you have one small journey where, oh my God, I felt something in my body, then the next time you go, that body sense deepens. And then the next time you go, it deepens even more. And before you know it, you're full on in your journeys and happily journeying away. So it's a process and it's having patience and it's much easier than we make it. We make journeying so hard in the West and it is not. It's an innate knowing. We were born with the DNA. We're carrying the DNA of all the shamanic cultures of over 100,000 years in our body. It's innate. It's your birthright. And so it's just the willingness to try. I've had the most cynical people in some of my workshops who have the most powerful journeys because the spirits want to show them that your your mind, your cynical ways, this is not, there's something bigger. And, and I'm going to give you the surprise element and I'm going to show you something that's going to blow you away. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm, I have to tell our listeners, if you just tuned in, I'm talking to Sandra Ingerman, author of 12 books on shamanism, including Shamanic Journeying, Medicine for the Earth, Walking in Light, all amazing books. I have actually read all of your books. <laughs> but I want to make an offer to people, two things. One is, if you really like this show, I'd be happy to send one. I'm really wanting to share some of the work we're doing with our newsletter. So if you'd like a copy of this and two other interviews that I've done, Walking in Light and the Book of Ceremony, talking about ceremony, which I think is really an important part of this, just send an email to support at welloflight.com, support at welloflight.com, and sign up for the newsletter, and we will send that out to you right away. The other thing I wanted to tell people about, that you're starting a new full seven-week course on shamanic journeying and really helping people to learn how to do these things and practice them. So maybe you can tell just a little bit about the course before we get back into this discussion here. Absolutely. So basically, 
I have been teaching shamanism for 40, uh, 40 years. And every decade, I notice a different population enters into the work. I'm noticing that people are missing some of the magic and the mystery of shamanism just because we're so enmeshed in the technological world. And so I'm going to be teaching a course that's very different from any shamanic journey course I've taught before. And I'm going to be teaching people how to prepare, how to approach the spirits in a respectful way, and how to learn how to carry their power, how to be a vessel for them, and how to build up a strong relationship with them. And once we can do that, then we're going to start asking for advice. Then we're going to start asking for healing. Then we're going to start doing some ceremonies for the planet. Then we're going to start to learn how to journey for a friend, a loved one, a client, for somebody else. I'll be teaching that. And then I'll be talking about how shamans perceive illness and how the ceremonies that they do to heal emotional and physical illness. And I'll be teaching a very, very powerful healing ceremony that is shamanic. It produces miraculous results, but even beginners will be ready for this particular work, especially because you can only help somebody doing this work. You can't hurt anybody doing this work. And so we start with how do we approach? How do we be a vessel? And then we, we move very quickly into moving into guidance for ourselves, healing for ourselves, healing for the planet, how to journey for another, and how to heal another. Mm, wonderful. Oh, I'm excited about it. I was doing a journey yesterday. I have to tell you, it was just so brilliant. And you reminded me of your talking because I did a journey to the upper world, which we're going to talk about the three worlds in a minute. Flew up on my raven, went through the clouds, ended up there. And I heard this music, both off in a distance and coming out of my heart. And I, so I followed it down this path. And just like you said, Oh my God, the hyacinths and the smells of the flowers and all the, all the beauty around me. And then I met my muse and it was a muse that I'd gone to before, but it appeared that there was a, a man with her, you know, and it was very kind of opaque-ish. And I said, well, who's, who's with you here? And she said, well, you need to understand you've been talking to me as the feminine, but I'm both. And then we had this long discussion about the balance of masculine and feminine and what's neat. And it went on and on. But it was, I'm saying that in a sense to give an example of just the journey that I did, but also to open to talk about the three worlds and the different ways of journeying to them and, and how people can begin to do that. Yeah. So again, as I shared um, before, when you look at all shamanic cultures around the world, one of the greatest mysteries is why do the people in Siberia and why do the people in South America and why do the people in Australia talk about the same worlds? I mean, isn't that amazing that without newspapers, without Facebook, without emails, they all went to the same worlds. 
So I just want to say that that's a fascinating part of shamanism to me. And it's understood that uh, there's what we call the lower world or the underworld in most ethnological literature. And there are many levels down and they're reached by going we start from a beautiful place in nature here, someplace that you really love here. And you look for a, a hole or an opening in water or an opening into a cave where you can step into that and there's a transition into a tunnel that leads you from the world that you're living in into this beautiful reality of uh, forests and deserts and sand dunes and rivers and oceans and uh, amazing beauty where we have what are called uh, guardian spirits that might come in the form of animal or teachers that, that who were mystics through centuries or old ancestral spirits or gods and goddesses are, are waiting. They're just waiting for us. They're waiting for us because they're already here for us. And then there's the middle world. And the middle world is not an ordinary reality to hear. To journey into what I would call, what we call the middle world, I would actually see myself as I'm drumming, walking out my front door into, a, into nature, but seeing another dimension of nature that is invisible to my ordinary eyes, where I see crystalline structures and, and David beings and plants and, and trees that know how to speak to us through our heart so that we start to get another sense of, I remember journeying in the middle world once to the wind because the wind is an ally of mine. And Wynne said to me, you know, you're, you're always complaining that you feel so alone, that you have no spiritual help. And I just need to let you know that you've, you're insulting us because we're actually here with you all the time trying to help. You're just not listening. And air is actually the first living being that entered the planet. So here's a being that's over 4.6 billion years old saying to me, I'm trying to help you, and you keep telling me that you feel lonely. So that's an example of a middle world journey for me. And then we have what's called the upper world. And again, there are many layers up, and it's more ethereal there. It's like you know you're standing on something, but you don't know exactly what you're standing on. And many people see crystal cities. There are also beautiful places in nature, but a little bit more ephemeral. There's a, um, it's not so dense. It's more form, but not form, you know, light coming out of it. And again, there are guardian spirits for us in the form of animals, birds, sea creatures, etc., teachers in human form, gods and goddesses, ancestors, all just waiting for us to visit with them so that they can share their knowledge and their, and their wisdom with us and show us how to reach our highest potential 
the thing that I noticed that's happening in the world right now is we're making ourselves too small. And what the spirits are trying to do is they're trying to help us open to our greatest potential. And so there are these three worlds and you start to notice over time, one of the biggest questions people ask me is which world do I journey to for what? But over time, you learn where you get the best information for certain kinds of questions. And so I journey to the lower world to meet up with my guardian spirit to do healing work with my clients. And I journey to the upper world to meet with the Egyptian goddess Isis, who's my teacher, who teaches me, guides me in writing my books and designing workshops and working with environmental issues. And then in the middle world, I have a variety of fairies and leprechauns and David realms and plants and trees who love to give me how lessons on how to live a happier, more fulfilling life and how to walk, walk on this earth with a lighter step. You know what, Sandy? We should quit talking about it and do it. You think you could do a journey for us? Yeah, I think um, I, I thought about it when, when you asked. And, and I think to start with a middle world journey it, it would really be the best. Mm -hmm. And so I am going to drum for you and I'll guide you through this. You tell people if you're driving, pull over. Yeah. Uh, number one, yeah. and this will be about uh, seven or eight minutes probably. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a short journey. Okay. And so I'm going to try to give you the easiest opening that I can because you had no time to prepare. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm going to ask you to do, and I'll, I'll talk you through it while I drum, I'm going to ask you to imagine yourself standing up and walking outside your front door and going to a beautiful garden, beautiful garden, your favorite garden, your favorite park, your favorite place in nature. Everybody has, even if you live in the city, you have a favorite park, you have a favorite place in nature. Uh, shamanism is a nature-based practice. And so we have to talk about nature before we, we do, before you enter into the world of shamanism, you have to understand that nature, we are nature. And that's really important. So you imagine, you feel yourself walking to this beautiful park or this beautiful forest or this beautiful river that you know or going to your favorite beach. And so it's just we're stepping into the non-ordinary part of your favorite place in nature. And once you get there and you just sit down or walk around and look at the beauty and take in the amazing smells and the sounds of all the beings around you. I want you to ask from your heart, ask from your heart for a helping being, use the word helping being, who's willing to show up and who's willing to give you a little bit of guidance right now. Ask, what do I need to know to improve the quality of my life? What do I need to know 
to walk on this earth with grace and beauty and to be a healer. Even without being a healer, we're all healers. So how do we heal through emanating love and light? So ask this helping being for advice. And then I'll do a return beat and I will help you walk back, back to the room that you're in. Shamanism is a discipline. You walk into the spirit realms or you fly with a helping being and you come back the same way. It's a real discipline so that you feel grounded. So again, I'll be talking you through most of it. I'll, I'll have silence so that you can actually hear your helping spirit or helping being speak to you. So let's just begin by closing our eyes and think about something that you just really love about life. Maybe it's a friend or a family member or a nature being or life itself or how much you love yourself. Imagine all your ordinary thoughts just floating away into the sky so that it's not burdening you and that you can move into your heart easily. Place your hands on your heart and feel your heartbeat. We live on planet Earth and the Earth is over four billion years old. Connect your heartbeat with that heartbeat of the earth that's billions of years old, holding you in so much love, giving you beauty throughout the day, sustenance on all levels. Just connect with that heartbeat first before you do anything. This will be your opening into the unseen realms. And now imagine yourself standing up and walking to your door. The door of your apartment, the door of your house. And all of a sudden you notice that that door becomes a mist, a mist that you can walk through and start to see yourself walking a path to your favorite place in nature, to a beach, to a river, to a forest, to a park in the city that you live in or even to a tree right outside of your house. You can do that too. And let yourself walk and open up your senses, your invisible senses, 
notice the colors that you're seeing, the images that you're seeing, the beautiful sounds of nature that you're hearing, the smell of pristine, fresh air. Feel your feet walking on this path. Feel the texture of the earth as you walk to this special place in nature. Take your time. Don't rush. Be conscious. And now, find yourself in this beautiful place in nature that makes your heart expand even more. You can even feel light coming out of your heart because you've entered a new world that's filled with light and you reflect that light of nature. And you might find a rock to sit on, but first ask permission. You might just sit on the ground. You might sit on the sand if you're by the beach or by a river or a lake if you're there. Or you can just stand and reach your arms up and say, I ask for a helping being who's willing to build a relationship with me, a friendship with me, who's willing to become an ally for me, who's willing to have my back. Don't we all want somebody at our back right now supporting us? And notice who comes and introduce yourself to that being and ask if you can step into their field of energy and ask about the power that they carry, what their gift is, what their strength is, and then start a conversation with them where you can also ask a question on how you can improve the quality of your life or how you can be in service to the planet right now or to your community. And I will drum in silence as you open your invisible ears, your invisible eyes, your heart, your body, to receive this guidance.
And it is now time to thank your helping being. You now know the route and you can come back here on your own again. Thank your helping being. Ask it if it will remain an ally for you. And if you can come back and continue to build a friendship, a strong relationship with it, so that you can learn how to get healing help, guidance, and contribute to your community. And as you thank it, say to yourself, it is now time for me to return and turn around and retrace your steps and start to walk back the path that you took noticing the beauty all around you, taking in the fragrance of the air and the sounds and the texture of the earth. Come back to the doorway that's missed to your apartment or your home, feeling lighter feeling inspired or feeling like, hmm, I need to try this again in my own time when I have more time to prepare. Come back, have a seat, place your hands on your heart, take a deep breath. Feel your feet really grounded to this earth that holds you with so much love. She's billions of years old. Feel that. Feel that support that's under you at all times. And open your eyes and be back. so beautiful thank you so much yeah welcome back everyone beautiful yes you know i love the the uh, last part we didn't really talk about but expressing the gratitude my experience is the more gratitude you express the more you get back from the spirit guides as you're doing that and i just want to express my incredibly deep gratitude to you for the 40 years, four decades of teaching and writing and uh, being there with everyone. And I want to remind people that you have a course starting February 4th on the Shift Network, a deep dive into journeying. You can uh, go to sandraingerman.com or you can also, while you're getting our newsletter and three different interviews and journeys we have we're giving away if you sign up at the welloflight.com that's welloflight.com you can uh, get a copy of this interview the walking in light and how to create ceremony interviews that we've done so please do that and sign up for sandy's course 
and uh, just a delight to spend time together. Any last uh, word you want to say, Sandy? Well, I just want to say we have so much opportunity right now to improve the quality of our life and to show our appreciation, um, be part of nature, and to build a strong relationship with nature and to receive unconditional love from the helping spirits who will help us grow. And what this will bring us to is a state of hope and as Michael said, to maybe the most powerful state that we can hold in light to a state of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So whether you choose to work with me or whether you choose to explore shamanism on your own, I hope that you will step into this ancient practice because a practice that still exists after 100,000 years means that it has really good results or it would have died out a very long time ago. And so I just want to say blessings to everyone for whatever you're doing. I give thanks to the brilliance and what you're, commu what you're contributing to your communities and to the world right now. And thank you. And thank you, Michael, for you, you just bring so much brilliance into the world. Thank you so much. And thank you for your friendship. Thank you. Much love to you. It's awesome. I love our friendship and I love the work you do. And thank you very much. Conversations is an independently produced program supported by KVMR 89.5 Nevada City and listener contributions. We are committed to bringing you leading edge thinking in the areas of environmental restoration, social justice, and spiritual fulfillment. If you would like to receive our complimentary newsletter, The Well of Light, make a contribution, or order any of our past shows, go to our website at arewelistening.net.